Hello guys, what is up? It is I, John. And I'm Britt. And this is the Self-Centered Podcast. She's the beautiful. He's the nerdy. And today, we're talking about Disney songs. <laughs> now, there, there's a lot of joy going around the house right now. A lost game from my collection actually finally got through the mail. Um, my uh, sister-in-law actually brought it over. <laughs> we Bless literally heart, have we no idea... We have no idea how she actually came across the mail. Uh, so, just a quick side note on that. So, from Limited Run Games, I grabbed Tetris Effect Connected whenever they were distributing it. And, for some reason, my local mail literally let somebody claim the package that wasn't me. And it was it remained a mystery for like a month and a half, two months before today. Um, I can only assume that my sister-in-law or my brother might have picked it up out of the mailbox or picked it up from the post office and just kind of forgot about it, but right. that's all right. It's here, and I could not be happier. He loves her. her. <laughs> Absolutely love that woman. <laughs> so, Disney songs. Oh my gosh, and what can I say? we're starting with is Part of Your World. Yeah. A quick overthought on Disney because we might go into a real big Disney talk eventually, but just to kind of put it into simple terms, Disney is the biggest uh, kids film giant in ever. And part of our childhood because we grew up with Disney and we absolutely love Disney. Yeah. Now, Disney childhood might even be an episode of its own because I got so much to cover on that, but... We're going to go into the music. This is our few first music episode. So you're going to notice a few pacing issues here and there. It's because songs are going to be one that I've never talked about at length as much as other stuff. But there's so much to say about Part of Your World and the other three we've picked for today. Let's just get right into it. So here's the funny thing before we talk about the song itself, is that this song actually nearly got cut out of the original's uh, animation. So, Jeffrey Katzenberger, who was over the project during some screenings of the actual movie, saw that kids were getting a little bored with it. He thought it was a little too slow-paced. Kids were fidgeting a lot. But thankfully... Because of Howard Ashman and the directors, this actually stayed in. Mm -hmm. So imagine a world where this didn't get put in. It wouldn't give it that same feel that it has with the song in. Yeah, because... Because it gives you that feel like she's longing to explore a land that, or like a place that she's never been before. Yeah. And being such a musical production in the first place... This kind of feels like the turning point where you really get the depth of her want for the surface world, you know? Right. Like, this is the song that really makes you feel for her and want her to succeed. I feel like it could have been a much less strong narrative without it. Right. Um, it wouldn't, it'd be bland and probably boring without the song. Yeah. In my opinion. And that's kind of why we come here today to talk about Disney songs, is... Just the strength of some of these numbers 
could carry or break the song, well, the movie, movie that it came from. Comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is so much to say. Ariel's voice did such a good I job know, on this. She was the person that did the voice was amazing. Like she is a great, talented woman, and just shouts and blesses to her. Absolutely love it. Now, the thing that's talked about a little less, though, I feel, is the animation. And I know. I like the part like where she's swimming around through her little room, and she's got all the trinkets. and Yeah. A couple stuff. little details <laughs> that I like about it is just how much length they go to make it feel so charming. Right. There's, right at the beginning of the song when she starts singing, she puts a fork in the freaking candelabra next to... <laughs> A spoon and a knife and the other two pieces of it. <laughs> so that was kind of cute. Um, she used a fork in the movie to brush her hair. We yeah, get into a little that, dingle hopper. Dingle hopper. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, there's the moment where Sebastian <laughs> looks through the glasses and his <laughs> eyes are real big. I think that's adorable. I know. Even down to the smallest details. I even like the part where she grabs flowers. Flounders, but little and spins them around. Spins them around. Yeah. <laughs> Even down to small details, like one I can remember specifically, we just watched these and listened to the songs before this just to be well refreshed. So one thing I noticed was she actually moved a little statue that played <laughs> music box music, but when she barely moves it, it plays a few notes. And I think that's kind of clever how it actually does have a few extra notes to account for that. <laughs> and it's just such a memorable moment in the whole film. Um, of course, there is the sad scene where practically right afterwards, Triton discovers Ariel's grotto. Right. And, and he makes her... Smashes a... Uh, was that? He smashes all her stuff right after. Yeah, yeah it's in that scene. Smashes all her stuff after she's done singing the song because she went up to the surface world and got all that stuff. I can't remember if that was then. No, know. you know what? I remember because. No, I think it's then because. I don't think she had the statue during that scene. Yes, she did. Because he smashed the statue too. During that scene, but I'm talking about part of your world. I think it was two different parts. Mm-hmm. I can't well, it remember. might be. I don't know. It's been a long time since I've seen the movie. I'd have to watch yeah. the movie. I can't remember. I'm fairly sure that... I just know that he uh, does smash Flounder, all stuff. I remember Flounder got her the statue. Right. So I think that might have been so later in the film. I think it was the statue film. of Eric. Yes. That fell off mm-hmm. of the uh, boat when, he, when his boat trip shipwrecked or yeah. whatever. It was... I think Flounder got it over there to, like, cheer her up or something. Right. <laughs> And that's whenever he found Triton out finds and out he and smashes, smashes it. it. Yeah. Um, again, kind of like makes her go up to the surface world, anyways. Yeah, that's kind of what spurs her to go to Ursula. I remember. Right. Just the power of a song can really, really affect this whole entire story, and this is one of the bigger examples of that. Because I feel like none of us would even be talking about The Little Mermaid without, without that song. song. Without Part of Your World. Yeah. One of these days we might even do an episode talking about what if a Disney song didn't have... Like, what if a movie didn't even have an 
any of songs in, from Disney. Oh, so like, what if Disney's, huh? What if Disney just didn't have a song at all in, in one of their I think they work without all the songs, though. Yeah. Like, just talking about The Little Mermaid, it would be like a three-minute short without Especially since kids have it. a very, not, not a dig at kids, but I'm saying kids have a very short extension span, so... Without the music, I don't think it would work. Yeah, like The Little Mermaid especially feels like a... <laughs> it's almost like Frozen where it's almost right. a musical. Because um, I know as, I, as a kid, I had a short attention span and without the music, I probably wouldn't have liked something like that. Yeah, it's just that moment of whimsy and charm that makes you <laughs> just fall in love. I mean, who can forget the little pots and pans solo <laughs> from Tarzan? I where... love it. <laughs> Where Turk and all of them were playing around in the camp. Sitting there doing um, drums on the pans. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, that's about all we can talk about with uh, part of your world. Um, there is a little more to go into with the rest of these. Uh, what's the next one? So the next one is A Whole New World. Uh, I love that one. So A Whole New World is probably what most people think of when they think of Disney songs. I mean, there are quite a few mm -hmm. like it to where if I said Disney song, this is one of them that right. comes to mind, you know? This is one of the big ones that comes to mind. Yeah. I'd say for me, all of these that we picked out today are, but right. this one especially. Mm -hmm. And who could blame them? I mean... We've got some of the strongest visuals in all of the Disney Renaissance. Um, we've got into the cloud hopping. In the parts where uh, Aladdin and uh, Jasmine are flying through the air. Yeah. The part where he literally kisses her hand as he pulls her up onto the thing and asks her if she trusts him. Didn't the carpet kiss her hand? I think so. I know. I don't think because so. like it was before the song. It was either him or the carpet. I don't want him. It was the her carpet because it wasn't the lad. I don't want him kissed her hand, but he helped her up on there because he said, yeah. "Do you trust me?" And then he pulled her up on there. When I, yeah, because I think whenever she said the carpet w was lovely, it like pressed it. It like grabbed her hand and. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. It, it made a kissing motion. I guess it didn't kiss her because it doesn't have a face. But, right. You know. It's it's very very charming. <laughs> I love it. The carpet is a my favorite part of thing. the whole scene though is like the fireworks before she gets really pissed at him for yeah lying just like to right her. after <laughs> the song she gets mad, which quick hot take we were talking about this before the episode but something that annoys me she, she was enjoying clearly herself. was enjoying herself but and she clearly knew that, yeah clearly knew it, he wasn't a prince. Yeah, she knew. I don't know if she didn't. She didn't well, know she that she wasn't about the prince, prince, but I mean, she knew knew he was Aladdin, the one that she had met in the like market yeah. just days before. Literally seconds before she jumps up on there, she gives a look that is so knowing, like you know, right there. <laughs> and she got a suspicious look when he picked an apple in the <laughs> like Greek area of the shot. Like you'll see. During the scene, he picks an apple and bumps it over to her with his elbow. And she gets, she gets like, the oh, look again. Look. Like, uh, oh, I caught you. <laughs> um, obviously, the duet itself 
is probably going down in history as one of the biggest, like... And most amazing. Like, Disney songs of all time. <laughs> and to Everybody be honest... Everybody knows Aladdin, or they should. <laughs> like, just like Mermaid, both the voice actors that did these um, uh, songs were absolutely gorgeous. Obviously... The freaking song itself, like we are talking the vocals, the visuals, everything about this is just so romantic and sweet. Right. And honestly, it's a type of deeply beautiful that just can't be summed up with words like the rest of these. But I guess the storyline would be a little different on this one, though, because on this one, it's about uh, a girl who's kind of in this like arranged marriage kind of thing that she don't want to be in because yeah she don't really want to marry somebody she don't know yeah this song in particular like just like with part of your world i kind of want to think about what would happen without it and right. to be honest i think there could still be a movie i was gonna say i think this one could still stand up without but i don't know if like kids would want to watch it the problem Part of your world was um, kind of integral to get the audience on the character's side. With this, I feel like you'd have to heavily restructure the whole film without it. Right. Because, like, a whole new world is Aladdin winning over Jasmine. Right. Without this, who knows where the plot would go. Because... You, you kind of got to have the prince win the princess over somehow. Right. It would be too weird not to have something like this. Especially since it's such an like, iconic like movie. Yeah. The pacing would be all off if we had to have Aladdin trying to win her over without this right. song. Cause... They're well known for like the song in like, Jasmine wanting to marry for love and Aladdin falling in love with her. Yeah. And all that stuff. <laughs> Side note. Raja is the cutest thing is in that all the, of the Disney. Tiger? The tiger, yeah. I love the tiger. There's not really much about so him in the song itself. <laughs> I just wanted to say, like, he is one of my favorite Disney animals. He, I love him. He's so overprotective with Jasmine. Yeah. Like, he gets so mad when she goes up on the carpet without him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Good old Raja. Plus, he, he just acts like a lap cat. Just by being... 2,000 pound tiger, he's still like, <laughs> he still climbs to up people's laps and, and tries to cuddle and that kind of thing. It's just adorable. <laughs> Plus, I don't think he likes Aladdin at first. Oh, he doesn't. He, he hates him at first because he don't want him anywhere near his Jasmine. <laughs> yeah. It kind of brings to mind like the moments before the song, um, <laughs> even before the video we watched of the song, <laughs> where he just. T- Gets nearly attacked by Raja. <laughs> Jasmine calls him off. Then when she doesn't show interest in wanting to talk to Aladdin, he just walks off the side and right onto the carpet to pretend like he's gone. <laughs> but then he flows back up. Yeah, and flows <laughs> back up on the carpet. I thought that was just a really... First of all, it's impish and it's kind of an asshole move. But you kind of... But you kind of gotta love it when it's Aladdin. Yeah. <laughs> he he is a sneaky little shithead. We all know that, but it kind of just plays well in his character. It's kind of what she falls in love with, though. It's his sneaky side. Yeah. 
you can't fault the man because it did work. <laughs> like the whole entire spiel did. Um, to be honest, not really much else to really talk about because mm -hmm. the next one is probably the most important that we'll talk about today. Important to both of us. Because next we're talking about reflection from Mulan. Now I know um, before I even release this episode, I know this is not the Mulan song everyone would want to hear about. But it's the one that really resonates with both of us because of our childhood. Yeah. And what we had to go through as children. Yeah, so the big thing about Reflection is it is truly what I feel represents the movie as a whole. Because, sure... We've got all sorts of different songs in Mulan to choose from. But Reflection really puts it together because the movie is about a girl who is trying to find herself. Yeah, and just learn to accept who she is. During my middle school years, I'm not even gonna lie, like, I let myself go. I let myself get far away from my own personality, and it led to some really for dark me, times for me trying to find who i was like her yeah. that's how i resonated and with it this song has always been and always will be kind of a cornerstone of remembrance for one of the hardest times in my life um a lot of people would want to know so i'm gonna go ahead and answer a question i can already hear from a thousand miles why would i like a song that reminds me of something so awful well it's mostly because it serves as a reminder not to ever let it happen again. Um, as for the song in the context, the visuals are beautiful. probably the most beautiful thing I've My ever seen. My favorite part is where she's looking into those, like, into the mirror and she swipes the makeup yes. off half her face. That image of her really doing like. that is just so beautiful. Because you see what she's really or what yeah. she really looks like. And of With, course, some of the words are just so powerful. I know. Like one like that even nearly talking about it now. Just yeah, it's it's a nearly making me. One of the most powerful words of all is. So I mean, it is a very, very beautiful moving. and moving movie and song. Yeah. Now, side note. There is also just a lot of symbolism of China in this. I love it. And I could never talk about Mulan without going a little into it because here the visuals of just family honor are really heavy in the air. You can literally just feel just how much of that is inscribed in this movie. Isn't she also... Like, uh, like uh, the other one that we just talked about, like she's in an arranged marriage as well that she don't want to be in. I'm trying to like get her a husband. Well, I think so. The movie does that's understate keep, that point. That's why they keep going and getting her to do all that makeup stuff and trying yeah. to learn how to do tea and all that crap because they're trying to get her a husband. Yeah. Even though this talk is not really about the song, honor to us all is basically all about that. And I think Honor to Us All 
is a very good song to explain just i'd hate to put it this way but like kind of the tradition of arranged marriage it really does kind of make you feel awful for her even though the song is beautiful itself and it's fun to watch right you as an adult you come back to that song and you, you feel how, the weight you realize how heavy it was on her shoulders yeah like reflection is practically an opposite of honor to us all so i technically guess that we have to talk about both of them if we're talking about one as reflection is a direct feeling response from her you don't just see her go and just randomly be upset about herself right it was all because people pushed her to that point and to be honest i think both of these unlike the last two I don't think the film would survive as we know it without these two songs. One is just as important as the other. Right. I think that it would feel a lot more like the new live-action Mulan without these two songs. Which I really didn't like, but we're not going to get into that. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be on that soapbox all day. Yeah. Just like normal media that we do not like, they'll get their time. <laughs> there will be a time where... All of our least favorite media is also on the chopping block. So don't you worry. If you if you want to hear about that, it'll happen. <laughs> Just not saying. Um, yeah, all I can really say about Mulan is I love it, and it's one that holds a really powerful message. Yeah. And yet, some of the most beautiful visuals in all of Disney history. Right. But now... Let's go into the final song, Colors of the Wind. I love it. It's my favorite. No. Because that's my favorite movie is uh, Pocahontas. Yeah. And, and that's my favorite song on there, too. I mean, <laughs> with Miko and all of the beautiful visuals. I'll tell you one thing, though. It wouldn't have, like, been good without the other one as well. The one where it's saying sa or it says savages in it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they both kind of coexist with each other. Yeah, it's kind of the duality thing, like, with the last two, mm -hmm. where we were talking about to honor to us all in reflection. Because um, it shows two sides of one coin. Right. And to be honest, Colors of the Wind, even though the song is super brilliant, I almost find myself loving the visuals even I more. I know, because... Uh... There's so many beautiful visuals, like the part where she looks like she's actually part of the wind, yeah. or like where there's a, the wind is actually like creating those like animals that are jumping over the falls with them. There's that moment where John gets lit up by the little eagle-shaped light coming up his body. And where the leaves are coming around him. Yeah, the sparkles and leaves somehow swish around him. Right, and then the where they're in the eagle's eye, I like that part. Yeah, the eagle's eye it's visual is probably visuals. one of my favorites. <laughs> um, it's just a very beautiful <laughs> song about being in touch with nature. Right. And to be honest, I don't think any amount of music will ever tell me, as much as I love music, 
I don't think anything can make me love nature more than listening right. to this song. It kind of makes me think, not that it's part of this, but it makes me think about, like, how humans really should be. Yeah. Because, uh, basically, it's saying, uh, if, how high does a sycamore grow? If you cut it down, then you'll never know. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of funny because humans are their own Worst sort of enemy. problem whenever they're trying to learn right you don't learn by destroying you learn by observation right and back in the days of which these this movie is talking about that was just kind of what was happening the way. all the time everybody was cutting things down and yeah they didn't think about what environmental damage they were doing um and this kind of just is one of those Disney moments that go outside of the whole movie. Right. And just even though I will say this and it will sound like kind of a backhand to the whole movie, it's almost an environmentalist message, which I you guys, like that though. You guys got to understand something. I don't mind activism. I think it's actually a very good thing. And I like it for this movie. I think it's good for it. Yeah, I think that that quiet angle is the best way to do environmentalist messaging. You don't want to just cram it down your throats how awful people are. Whenever you go into environmental messaging, mm -hmm. there always is a bit of sacrifice to the movie's plot that I do think most of the movies that are kind of environmental cartoons go wrong. That's true. Like, you'll see your Captain Planets and the Eco-Teens. That's, it's honestly not the worst, but Captain Planet is something I could laugh at eternally for just how just cringy it can be at times. It goes Wait. too heavy-handed. Where's Captain Planet? So, oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Where do I even begin with? So... Captain Planet <laughs> is one of the most forgettable Saturday morning cartoons. Aww. And it basically showed you all sorts of eco-friendly solutions to everything. Um, mm. Now, before I get on anyone's bad side, recall, I do not hate Captain Planet. I'm just kind of riffing on the fact that it's generally well accepted that they did go a bit too heavy-handed. Right. With their messaging and educational mm -hmm. kind of lines there. Um, and even if you are the biggest Captain Planet fan, I doubt you can at least not acknowledge that that was a problem in the show. I don't think they went too heavy with, uh, with uh, uh, Pocahontas, though. With Pocahontas, I think it's kind of... They did show... That we are assholes, but I also do think that's kind of where they did stop as well. Right. They didn't just they say didn't humans it. are the devil, humans are awful. They just kind of showed a light example of them being destructive. Right. And then John Smith gets corrected by Pocahontas. Right. This is honestly, like I said, a very environmental song. Teaching the value of the earth. I still think it's sad at the end, though. It really is it a sad end. It makes me cry every um, time. It's a very sad end to the movie, and honestly, 
beautiful, beautiful tale. Because Honestly. Sean has to go back to England to get help. It's always weird because I actually do kind of prefer it this way, though. Although it's a little hard to see her not end up with him. At the same time, that's kind of what makes me like the movie. She ends up with another guy that's also named John, but he's not named John Smith. Yeah. Well, (laughs) because the thing is, I kind of think it's interesting that the the quote-unquote love interest in a Disney movie just didn't end up together. Right. It's kind of an (laughs) interesting concept, and... I always did have to give Pocahontas a lot of praise for doing something like that. I really do like it. I think I like that they still were friends, though, because I think they stayed friends. Oh, yeah, they did, but, like... But they didn't stay together. Yeah, it was just one of those beautiful moments that kind of just broke the Disney norms at the time. I can't remember. I think they didn't stay together because he tried to change her. I can't remember. Like, he either. tried to get her to, like, dress in, like, these dresses that were Engl- English dresses and wear these fancy, like, hairdos and stuff. I don't, I don't remember. I don't really I remember. I know what it was. Yeah. Anyways. I've seen it, but anyways, yeah, so. It's kind of crazy not to see them end up together, but kind of in a good way. Yeah. I don't even recall him trying to change her at all. He did. On the second movie. Second movie. That's why, because I fully did not watch the second movie. Second movie, because she goes, he talks her into going to England. Yeah. All right. Um. That's that's pretty much that makes sense. Um. Anyways, like I said, these four Disney movies and these four Disney songs have meant a lot to us over our times. So. This has been a great look at Disney songs. This is actually bound to become a favorite of mine. Just because having a fireside chat about Disney songs that meant a lot to me. This is not the only time we're doing it. Make no mistake about it. We know that some of these aren't even the most definitive picks from the movies we were talking about. But there are picks. Yeah. So, worry not. We are going to be doing many times more on these disney songs and of course if you guys love the self-centered podcast tell us kind of the topics you'd like to hear about and we will get back to it in the next available episode that hasn't already been done hasn't already been conceptualized whatever have you we will deliver on fan suggestion as soon as we can either way my name has been john the nerdy That has been Brent the Beautiful. (laughs) And ladies and gentlemen, we will see you in the next beautiful audio (laughs) of the podcast. Bye now. Peace. (laughs)